0: Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Markets.
1: All right, everybody, you are listening to Bloomberg Markets. Carol Masterlaw, Corey Johnson, we are live at the Museum of Science in Boston. Coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about um, gathering lots of genomic data and how to put it to work.
2: Yes, a uh, really fascinating uh, data approach to uh, uh, the world of genomics. We're going to dig into that. But first, let's get the very latest in business news us from Charlie Pellis. All right. Thank you very much, Corey Johnson. Keep warm, guys. We have got the Dow and S&P. They are lower.
0: NASDAQ trading at a record. And this update is brought to you by Upside. The smart new way to buy travel is Upside.com. Save money and get a free gift card every trip. Use code BUSINESS, and you're guaranteed at least a $100 gift card. Your first time using Upside.com. Minimum purchase required. See site for complete details. S&P 500 index down two points, little changed at 23.96, down one-tenth of 1%. 28 minutes to go ahead of the close. The Dow down 35, down two-tenths of 1%. Again, NASDAQ at a record up 16, a gain there of three-tenths of 1%. Gold down 9.50 the ounce, down eight-tenths of 1%. West Texas Intermediate crude, 4,602 for a barrel of WTI crude, down nine-tenths of 1%. The Walt Disney Company reports after the closing bell. The focus will be on ESPN as well as its theme park business. But Paul Sweeney, Bloomberg Intelligence Director of North American Research, says investors will also be keeping an eye on the film part of Disney's business.
3: Every single year they seem to turn out three or four or five huge franchise tentpole uh, pictures that are at or above a billion dollars in global box office. So, you know, the acquisitions they made of, of Pixar and of Marvel and of Lucasfilms have really paid off for Bob Iger and the company. That business, which historically has been a very hit-driven business, hit or miss for most of the studios, not for Disney. It's been a very consistent growth story for them. And
0: according to the earnings estimates function on the Bloomberg, Disney looking for our investors looking for a forty-one adjusted EPS out of Disney on revenue of $13.455 billion. Again, recapping equities mix here, S&P down 2 Points, a drop there of one tenth of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash.
1: All right, Charlie, thank you very much. We are counting you down to the closing bell, just 27 minutes to go. Brought to you by Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit sectorspdrs.com or call 1 866 Sector ETF. This is Bloomberg.
2: But the evolution of the business and the science of genomics is an amazing thing in Boston, certainly at the, uh, at the leading edge of that. Uh, joining us right now is Hans Smottesen, who is the CEO of a company called Wuxi NextCode, uh, which is trying to uh, create a sort of platform for using genomic data. What is the problem that you guys are trying to solve? So we're really trying to gather together in, in one place um,
3: as much of uh, the world's genomic data as possible and make it easily queryable by those
2: who try to use it for better you know, uh, diagnosis uh, or to develop novel drugs. Is, is, the, is the collection, or there, there are many large depositories of, of genomic data, uh, or not many, there are a handful probably. Uh, uh, But I wonder if they're kept in very different data formats that makes it tough for them to sort of work together.
3: Yeah. One of the key things you have to do is really to harmonize all of the publicly available data, Um, make it in a form so that, you know, you can cross compare it and so forth. So in many ways, what we try to do is similar to what Bloomberg did in the financial industry. So bring together and create a single data platform that allows you to access the data, query it, understand it, and uh, make sense of it.
1: Do people understand that that's kind of important to do to really kind of get the most out of all that um, gene data, if you will?
3: Oh, yeah. Right? Because you
1: have to have kind of a common platform. Yeah. Do
3: you not? Absolutely. I mean, if you want to use and and make precision medicine a reality, you have to come up with uh, an industrial scale infrastructure that allows you to do this, you know, not for just a handful of people, but for millions of people. Um, So in order to do that, you have to have
2: these large, robust, big data systems, which is what we're building. Well, uh, how is the data different than other uh, large piles of data? Because certainly there's a lot of data out there that's being manipulated by all sorts of uh, organizations and businesses already. Yeah. So, I mean, genomic data, of course, is very specific.
3: Um, each one of us carries around uh, 3.2 billion bases of information, which is encoded in our DNA. So the sequence of a single person, uh, the whole genome sequence, is about 120 gigabytes. Mm-hmm. So it's awfully large. Uh, so you multiply that times, you know, a million people. You get to some really, really large numbers.
1: Where are you in the process of building this platform?
3: Well we've uh, actually been doing it for the you know on and off for the past twenty years. So we started uh as a spin out from a company called Deco Genetics, uh which is where a lot of this technology was uh, developed. And uh, In Iceland. That's right. And um, uh in the process uh, was being used, you know, to sort of organize mind and manage arguably one of the biggest data repositories of genomic information in the world. So we do have a little bit of legacy and history of uh, working with, with big data like this, and, 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 and now we've been able to deploy it in, in various areas. We work a lot with BCH, for instance. That's in what Boston. I want to hear.
1: How have you deployed it?
3: Yeah, so we work with uh, a number of uh, both pharma companies and, and large hospitals in particular. So here in the Boston area, for example, we work a lot with the Boston Children's Hospital, um, helping them to diagnose children with rare disorders. Um, we also work with uh, some pharmaceutical companies like AVE is, is a partner of ours, doing large-scale discovery uh, in partnership with uh, with another company in Ireland. Um, we also work with a number of precision medicine programs around the world. So we're assisting Genome England in the UK w- with their initiative. Um, we also work with the Qataris on the Qatari Genome Project and and so forth. So. We're active around the world in,
2: in many different uh, instances. Where are the largest depositories of, uh, uh, if that's the right word, uh, the, the of data, uh, genomic data, and, and how are those, uh, how is the data acquired? Well, I mean. I'm thinking, uh, for example, 23andMe, uh, mm-hmm. a company that, that part of the of Wajicki's basic concept of the business is let's create a great database that can be used anonymously to, to do specific drugs and so on. Right. Yeah. So
3: obviously, some of the. Some of the large collections of, of, of DNA and some early molecular data are with some of these consumer companies like 23andMe and uh, Ancestry.com is another one. Uh, color, yeah. 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 And, then, um, uh, and then the other uh, big sources, of course, are these large national programs. Right. So.
1: What do you anticipate, you know, like you said, there's so much data out there, but then being able to put it to work for either treatments, you know, treatment modalities, um, what do you see kind of using this data? What will it do?
3: Yeah, so it's going to basically allow you to come up with a m- much quicker and more accurate diagnosis of uh, different diseases. Um, it's going to allow you to develop therapies that are ef- effective for your, for you as a person. So it's kind of personalized going- medicine. Exactly. So it's going from one size fits all to to really being bespoke and custom to the genomic makeup of each one of us, and uh, therefore much more effective and fewer side effects.
1: Remember, we talked with Bob Wright about. When he was with Autism Speaks, about I think they were working with was at Google in terms of because each case of autism is different and so you can create better forms of treatment.
3: Exactly. Yeah. It's all about trying to personalize the experience, you know, put the resources and and the technology to work so that it benefits the patient in the most effective
2: manner. Fascinating. Someday medicine will be just like all my suits.
1: Custom getting <laughs> <laughs>
2: just right. Pocket <Box> squares <laughs> included? <laughs> uh, yeah. That's, that might cost a little extra. Uh, really fascinating stuff. Uh, Hans uh, for the CEO of Hans. Yeah, Hans Mortensen. I was so excited to roll my R's. Uh, uh, from Wushi Next Thank you very much for joining us out here in the cold. We appreciate it. Thank you, Rosemary, for the look of world and national news headlines with Nathan Hager, who's in our nation's capital.
4: Nathan, where President Trump is uh, putting off a decision, Corey, on whether to keep the U.S. in the Paris Climate Accord. White House spokesman Sean Spicer had said the president would make up his mind before the G7 summit later this month. But now he says the president wants the opportunity to meet with his team to create the best strategy. This move could also allow President Trump to press world leaders for concessions. Now, while the president waits, a new study from the U.N.'s climate change arm says global temperatures could top one and a half degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels within the next 15 years. That is the first threshold under the Paris deal. A co-author of this study tells the Washington Post there is increased urgency to do something about minimizing global warming. The White House is defending President Trump's timetable for firing Michael Flynn as national security advisor 18 days after then-Deputy Attorney General Sally Yates warned that Flynn may have been compromised by the Russians. I think he did have an honorable uh, career. He served with distinction in uniform for over 30 years, and the president does not want to smear a good man. Spokesman Sean Spicer says the president was informed right away when Yates aired her concerns. He calls Yates an opponent of the president. He says it was widely rumored she would have taken a role in a Hillary Clinton administration. The Department of Homeland Security is thinking of expanding restrictions on electronic devices in airport cabins. You may recall back in March, DHS banned devices larger than cell phones on flights from 10 Middle Eastern airports. A DHS spokesman says the agency's talking with airlines and others and hasn't yet determined how to proceed. Global news powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. This is Bloomberg.